Hello, everybody. This is Ray Renati with Green Room on Air, and this is my podcast, and you're listening to it. If this is your first time to Green Room on Air, let me tell you what we're all about. This is your place for all things entertainment, with an emphasis on San Francisco Bay Area theater, since I am an actor and director here in the San Francisco Bay Area. But we talk about all kinds of things. Most recently, I have been discussing my experience in performing uh, the character James in Annie Baker's play Circle Mirror Transformation. And this was at Livermore Arts. Livermore is a, a, a small, not small anymore, a town uh, out in the Tri-Valley area, which is uh, about an hour away from Santa Clara Valley, where I live, when there's no traffic. <laughs> but we, we've closed. We only uh, had a two-week run. There were only performances for two weeks, uh, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays, with two performances on Saturday. And Sunday was our last performance, and it's always a bittersweet experience to close a play. Hopefully you're happy with the work that you did, and you can move on to something new. But at the same time, uh, you know, you're going to miss the people you've been doing the play with. You're going to miss uh, doing the play often. You're going to miss uh, learning more about your character and the interactions between you and the other people on stage. Uh, and it usually just grows and grows for quite a while. But when you only have two weeks, it's over with and you move on. So you don't get a lot of that experience in, uh, uh, in growth of your character and interactions on stage. But it was still a great show. I think that uh, our director, Misty Mejia, I'm now pronouncing her name correctly. If you listen to my last podcast where I had a chat with Misty and Emma from our play, I pronounced Misty's name incorrectly. <laughs> I did it in the Italian pronunciation, which I'm used to since I'm Italian, but uh, instead of the Spanish, I think, pronunciation. But anyway, she was fine with it. There are so many things that go through your mind, uh, when you finish the show, especially one that's been impactful. Is that a word? You know, I think that's one of those made up words, but I'm using it. And I don't like when other people use it, but I'm using it impactful on you in whatever way. And this one had a lot of meaning for me for a number of reasons. Uh, number one, it's rare when you're in a show that a cast blends so perfectly that there are never any moments of drama, as it were. We got along literally perfectly. And everyone was cast so well for their role. Misty did an amazing job putting the right people in the right parts. Everything one was so believable. I'm going to miss all of these people. It's so weird being a part of theater because... You make friends quickly. Uh, you get pretty intimate pretty fast. And then most of the time, unless you're in another show together, you don't really talk at all anymore. It's um, such an odd business. Uh, 
And it's, it's one of the things I really don't like about it, but I've had to accept. I don't make friends all that easily. I mean, I have a couple of close friends, but I'm not a person who tends to make a lot of friends. Although I think on Facebook, I have like 1500 friends. So I guess I have a lot of friends. I have 1500 friends. <laughs> I don't even know who most of them are. I think Facebook needs to rename that and stop calling them friends and just call them like friends or maybe acquaintances or maybe people that you don't know, but knew some of your acquaintances. Anywho, to move on with this play, uh, I want to talk about something that's really discussed. Uh, there are a lot of people behind the scenes in shows that do a lot of work and they don't get any credit for it. And I want to do that right now. There's a young man named Ido, I-D-O, is how you spell his name. I, I don't know what kind of name it is. I know he's from Israel. And uh, he was, for lack of a better term, my dresser. And he was a volunteer. In professional theater, there's even a union for dressers. I, I'm not sure what union they're in. Uh, they're usually women who are at your beck and call with your costumes and iron everything and make sure that whatever scene you have coming up is your costume is there waiting for you when you come off the stage and into your dressing room in, in the exact uh, format that you need to put it on quickly and run back out. Well, this young man, Ido, who I don't think has ever done this before, acted as my dresser and uh, John, one of the other actors, dressers, the two men in the play. And he was amazing. Uh, he was just as good as any professional dresser I've ever had, which has only been a couple of times. And we had a lot of costume changes and they had to be done quickly. And he, everything was always ready for me. I could put it on so fast. Uh, he, he never missed a beat. So Ido, if you're listening, I'm going to try to send this to you too. Although I don't, I don't know your email. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. You are, you are a gentleman. He really is too. And he speaks seven languages and he taught himself how to speak seven languages. And he's an amazing pianist and he tutors English, even though I think he's from Honduras and Israel. This is a, this is a, I think maybe a genius. Anyway, that's Ido. Shout out to Ido. Ido, Ido. You're our man. Ido, Ido. You got the plan. I don't know what that means. Thanks, Ido. Also, uh, our stage manager, Treg Van Dyke. Treg Van Dyke, one of the absolute best stage managers I have ever, ever worked with. Hands down. The nicest guy, the most professional guy, never missed a beat. When you're an actor, you get these things called line notes. So the last couple of weeks or the last week of rehearsal, the stage manager often will take copious notes when he hears actors making mistakes, not saying the right words in their lines or making mistakes in their blocking. And often they're useless. Um, but his were always right. 
and detailed, and they actually helped me. I, 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 was, I looked forward to reading them every night in an email when I got home because I knew his line notes were correct. And they helped me not make the mistakes I was making. And just overall, I mean, what, what a great stage manager. Always these rehearsal reports that you need to send out every day were helpful, insightful. They always had information in there that, that, that would help you for the next day. Uh, he was just the best, just the best. So shout out to Mr. Trigg. Van Dyke. I don't know if there's any relation to Dick, but there may be. Um, and one more thing, just about this play, Circle Mirror Transformation by Annie Baker. I don't know Annie Baker. I wish I knew Annie Baker. Uh, I might write to Annie Baker. You'd be surprised. Sometimes playwrights don't get a lot of uh, email or phone calls. Not like you know, celebrities, even if they're popular playwrights. Uh, and they actually, I, I've had correspondences, correspondi, I don't know, with numerous playwrights in my career. People like, people who actually were big, big deals. Um, Paula Vogel, for one, comes to mind. Uh, Jane Anderson. Anyway, um, one of the things that, Annie Baker does, which is extremely unique, is she embraces silence. And I am reading an interview that she had with, um, who was this with? Let's see. Uh, the Huntington Theater Company. They actually interviewed her when they were doing this play, I think by email. I think she wrote her questions in. Uh, and she talks about silence and why she, she loves silence on the stage and sees it as something that's underused. And um, I just want to take a moment to tell you what she said about this. Uh, the question to her was, interesting that you knew right off the bat that you wanted to write excruciating silences. This is what the interviewer said. The play manages to be simultaneously funny and painful precisely because of the faith that you and Sam Gold, the director, the original director of the play in New York, I believe. Or no, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is Horizon Play Centers. Okay, this was where the play debuted. Okay. Uh, Sam Gold have invested in silences and in stillness. We're not used to seeing this on stage. Silence they're talking about. And stillness. Silence and stillness. Can you talk a bit about your interest or perhaps obsession with silence? When did this start to make its way into the theater you make? And Annie's answer was, silence and stillness are very exciting to me. I feel so overstimulated and bored by a lot of the theater I see these days because of the breakneck speed at which it's performed. There's this obsession with pace. And I think it's because we're terrified of boring audiences that are used to looking at the internet while watching TV, while talking on their iPhone. Also, when it feels like nothing is taboo anymore, we can have sex and violence on stage and no one blinks an eye. I think the one thing left 
that really makes people uncomfortable is empty space and quiet. I like that. I like that answer a lot. And that's exactly how it felt doing this play. It was a breath of fresh air. I loved it. When I first started acting, there was, um, and it was sort of like the Stella, not sort of, it was the Stella Adler School of Theater, uh, taught by Jean Shelton, who was a Stella Adler protege. And there was much more comfort with silence. So we're talking 30 or 40 years ago. But she is, Annie's completely right. Um, silence now seems to be the death knell. At least that's what people believe. And Annie is going against that. And what I have found is, is that audiences loved it. They ate it up. Because it's not something they get to experience anymore. And as an actor, I'll tell you, it really lets you uh, get deep when, when you're forced by the script not to speak for anywhere between 2 and 15 seconds at a time. There's, a, there's one 25-second pause in this play written into the script that you need to adhere to, she says. And I loved it. I don't know that I'll ever get to do it again. Uh, I found it um, emotionally exhausting because I didn't just get to go at a breakneck speed waiting for my cue and waiting to say the next line. I had to actually be in that moment as if it were really happening. And most of the time they were very tense and sometimes life-changing moments for the character. But I... Uh, I applaud Annie for making this a priority in her, her play. Okay, well, I, uh, I hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving and uh, whatever you're doing and whether you're eating turkey or tofurkey or ham or uh, toe-ham or I don't know, um... If you're a vegan, maybe a big eggplant that you've basted. What do vegans eat for, for Thanksgiving? A, a, a turkey-shaped eggplant? Can you get those? I don't know. I just don't know. But whatever you do, have fun, all right? And don't drink and drive. And uh, try to eat early so that you don't go to bed on a, a, such a full stomach that you can't sleep. Go for a walk after you munch down your 8,000 calories. Uh, do not bring up politics with your family unless, uh, unless you're in a family of politicians. And uh, just enjoy. Enjoy. This has been Ray Renati. And I love you. And until next time, folks, happy Thanksgiving. And I will see you on the boards. And as the French say, obviously.